Game Boys. Two, two gamers uh, who get a diagnosis of a life-threatening disease decide to get into the most dangerous illegal game there is known as podcasting to protect their families but you know in a sick way they kind of enjoy it because they're good at it but now they have to die here's what you're gonna do you're gonna start a podcast then you're gonna record a couple hundred episodes no one's gonna listen and you're not gonna tell anyone about it but that's just the first step of the plan then suddenly you keep you're it going to yourself to a bunch of digital accoutrements to the podcast that nobody asked for <laughs> and that's when the plan really takes off and that's when all eyes are set on you. All the different gamer podcasts from around the world, they want to either uh, kidnap us and use our gaming brains uh, for their own empires and, and, you know, their own earwolves, or they just want to kill us. They just want to eliminate the competition. Yeah. And you know what? It's the greatest show ever made. Yep. <laughs> and there should be... A lot of prequels about this. Yeah, I can't wait for the Better Call Saul of Game Boys. <sighs> Hello, folks. Welcome, welcome to the, the most dangerous illicit podcast in the game. It's Game Boys. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling like we are in a really good space. My name is Gralter Black. And I'm Lux Goodman. <laughs> there we go. Um, and of course, you know, uh, we're joined by uh, Haley Fring, uh, sort of the, the the manager. The I feel like Haley's more the the Mike Ermintrout of our show, where she's like the fixer. Sure. She's the fixer. That's right. And, and, and you know what? She does get her hands dirty and she does have a past. And, and I hope that gets explored in the prequel too, a lot. Yeah. We'd love to go into that in the scripted series on AMC. We'd love to get there. And, and so this is all part of that, that pitch. Um, thank you for the water bottles. Uh, could I get a few more? Um, I'd like a few more water bottles. It's very hot in here. Uh, I had to. I turned off thirsty. the AC in this uh, in this pitch meeting. I, I turned all the AC off in the entire floor of uh, CAA. So it's very hot in here. Um, Many people are going to get are we very sick. <laughs> well, yep, people are already very sick. Uh, you know. Uh, but uh, it's worth it because this is the most important story to ever be told. Um, very important, very gripping TV. Now, Lux, we kind of based this show on 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 you know a very popular show that's out right now, Better Call Saul. That's yes. kind of what we based well, it's right? not out anymore. It's final. It's over. Right, right. Um, it's over. Um, and you know, but it's a sister show in a lot of ways. Um. And uh, yeah, we just got to give tip our hats. Did you did you watch Better Call Saul? Uh, I'm not all the way caught up. I'm I'm several episodes behind, but I've watched most of it, and I think it's very good. 
Oh, okay. I, I just thought it was boring. Oh, I like that kind of shit. I like, you know, I like little like dry, minutiae, schemey, detail oriented, sort of like placidity with eruption type storytelling. Ooh, placidity. <laughs> yep. Is, it, is that that's what they keep in your eye? I don't think it is, but it could be. Placid? Isn't that a, 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 an element of your eyeball? No. Hmm. Placid okay. just means calm. Eyeball parts are things like retinas, cones, rods, pupils. Hey, can I can I talk to you over here for a second? Sure. <sighs> I think I think either you you go with this eyeball thing or we scrap the whole episode right now. All right, fine. Okay. Well, I mean, I just want people to understand, like, to know to actually know the parts of the eyeball and and the words. I, I just don't know where to go. I don't know where to go from here af- after that. And I feel. I feel lost at sea. Okay. Well, if it'll help you get your bearings, we can go back to the show. It was kind of a lighthouse for me. Okay. Well, then, you know, we can go back to the show and I'll go with the eyeball thing. Let's go back. All right. So um, that's how eyeballs are made. Uh, Lux, what's going on with you this week? Oh, there's a video we should watch, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's several. There's 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 grocery drama. There's, oh, should we just talk about crew to, are we talking about are we just starting off talking crew today? We are, we are. I think I'm at Wegner's and I, my wife wants some vegetables for crew today, right? So here's a broccoli. That's two bucks. Well, a ton of broccoli there. There's some asparagus. That's four dollars. Yep. Carrots. That's four more dollars. That's ten dollars of vegetables there. And then we need some. He's right. He's right. That's four dollars more. And then the, the thing is, no, no, no one, no one can argue with the math. I have some issues with the math, actually. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get there. Six dollars must be a shortage of salsa, guys. That's twenty dollars for crudite, and this doesn't include the tequila. I mean, that's outrageous. And we got Joe Biden to thank for this. <laughs> <laughs> now I have no no notes, no notes on the sign off. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, it, it's a very weak sign off. He does sort of a, he does sort of a, a like a, 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 a very timid head. Cock That's what I like about it. I like he just sort of like tilts his head to the camera and is like, no, we got Joe Biden to blame for this. Oh, yeah, we got you. Yeah. Uh, I think that's very funny. I, um, all right. Talk, let's talk. Let's, there's a lot of elements here. First of all, people don't, might not even know who this is. This is Dr. Dr. Mehmet Oz. This is Dr. Mehmet Oz. Yes, he is in the comics. He becomes Dr. Strange. Uh, But in this timeline, he's going to become um, some sort of uh, salad superhero. He he goes around tossing people's creating salads. He's trying to make ostensibly he's trying to bring home crudite ingredients for his wife. Okay, and and so crudite is what? It's like because now vegetable. everyone is walking. Everyone's walking around pretending they know what a crudite is. It's a a collection of like sliced vegetables, like a little vegetable hand plate. Um, mm-hmm. Traditionally, sort of like like a vinegar sauce or something. Although in the, in our modern era, it's more often like a ranch or blue cheese. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so our okay, I. So, so far, I, no chinks in Oz's armor. 
he's he's completely limitless so far. Where's the problem? So a couple problems. I'll start. Uh, we'll work backwards. Crudite is not the kind of thing that you eat with salsa or with guacamole. Really. Okay, sure. So he's spending ten dollars on the wrong dips. Oh. <sighs> Okay, so so on a dip level, it's embarrassing. Embarrassing dip level. Uh, raw asparagus for a crudite is wild. The big thing about crudites is mostly raw vegetables. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking like your classic dipsters, your cucumber, uh, baby carrot, um, broccoli. His first choice, broccoli, was a good choice. Broccoli is a good one. Maybe cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Um, I think asparagus is insane. <laughs> It's an insane choice for this. I just think that he's he you've fallen right into his trap because what you've essentially what he's gotten the left to do is, you know, assert all sorts of, uh, you know, food restrictions on and like be snotty, you know, basically being snobby about food. You know, he can make his crudite however he wants, you know, and so I don't know. It's like, how am I going to be on the side of the food snobs? He can, okay, I'll say this. He can eat whatever he wants and he can make sure to do whatever he wants. I just like have a hard time believing that his wife was like, I'd like to make a crudite. Please go get me asparagus. Yeah, let's focus. Yeah, that's, exactly. Let's focus that's on the where core this problem. Falls apart here. His, for me. his wife. His wife set him up to fail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, it's, I listen, I like tequila. Um, you know, vegetables are fine. Uh, let's go, let's go to the math then on this one. Okay. Because, you know, I, I, I gotta say he's doing math. Yeah, no, he is doing math. He's counting to 20. Yeah. Um, and then and people are like, that. that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think I that people know. are missing the, the are are people missing the core thing here, which is that shit is very expensive. I think because it seems like aren't. everyone's like that's not how you make a crudite, and no one's missing the core argument that all this shit is insanely expensive. It is, although I am loath to believe that what he's holding is twenty dollars worth of stuff, even with everything being <laughs> okay. more expensive than it is. Okay. Um, like maybe it is, and he's at like a fancy store or something, but like. I go to H-E-B once, twice a week. No, no, that's different, dude. H-E-B is affordable. Like, you trust me, dude, in L.A., you go to, like, any Vons, Ralph's, anything. Like, you have you, you buy nothing, and it's, like, $80. It's uh, it's really difficult. Like, uh, I mainly shop at, uh, the, like, our house is a $0.99 cent storehouse. Um, and then we'll get, like, random things from other places. But grocery stores are super fucked up. It's insane. Like basic milk, eggs, butter. It's it's fucking nuts. I mean, there's definitely a food pricing crisis. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, we can all agree on that. I just Another think point for that, us. Yeah. I just think he's isolating it in ways that are. So he's doing something silly here, right? Because he's trying to be like, it's me, the relatable man who goes to the store intentionally to get ingredients for what I will call a crudite instead of some mm-hmm. veggies for my wife. Misstep number one, coming through with the crudite in his relatable moment. Misstep number two is it. He doesn't even appear to look at the tags for the prices of any of the stuff he picks up. He just he he picks things up and just is like, and this costs five dollars. So it does seem it has a real vibe of him just making it up.
Uh, yeah. I, okay. Sure. It's it's got it's got it's got. Here's the thing. The presentation is all wrong. This was supposed to be the TV guy. Like he should he should look a lot cooler. The vibes could have been a lot better here. This guy's supposed to understand media, but he doesn't understand social media. He understands being on a TV show. Um, sure, crudite, maybe not the number one thing to say, but you also got to say this guy's probably never cooked a meal in his goddamn life. He probably yeah. has no idea where he is right now. Imagine you were transported into like an alien hospital that in and like there's all sorts of goop and like weird shit happening. And then they're like, do a campaign ad. And you're just like, I don't know. This stuff's all fucking insane to me. You know, that's where Oz is coming from. OK, it does have that vibe, which I think is part of the great reason it fails, because the thing that he's doing campaign wise his like brand right now <laughs> is to be like john fetterman is an out of touch leftist who does not understand reality so when your grocery store i'm a relatable guy ad sincerely does have the vibe of a guy in an alien I've hospital in a grocery. <laughs> trying to navigate the goop i think you've made a big mistake uh-huh yeah, you have. You've made a fatal flaw. You yeah. need to hire us because uh, we could take you all the way, um, all the way back to some sort of streaming service. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, it's like, uh, listen, we got, we got Fetterman here. They're doing these tweet wars. Do people even care? I mean, I think the thing is that Fetterman's thing has kind of worked like. You know, I think maybe he's pushing it a little bit further than it should go. And it's coming off a little bit silly at this point. But like his thing about being kind of trolly online and then like yelling about sort of Bernie style politics in person. uh, Like got him lieutenant governor, won him the primary. Won him every county in Pennsylvania in the primary. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, he's just so big. He's huge. He's massive. Yeah. People vote out of fear. They're so scared of him. They're like, he'll crush yeah. me. Clearly between the him. combination of his strategy and his enormous inhuman size, um, his <laughs> shit is working. And so, like, I don't see why he would stop. Although, like, And today, his, like, funny crudite post where he, like, bought, like, the $8 veggie tray and was like, mm, crudite is, like, a pretty good response to the whole Oz thing. But in general, his shit is a little overbearing and cringy, I gotta say. Yeah, right. And, you know, he's also not exactly like a Bernie guy. He's pretty lib. I don't know. But he's big, though. And that's all that matters. He's, at this he's, point. Medi- he's Medicare for all tax the rich Green New Deal guy. Um, But is he uh, is he put a, a Goku and Fortnite guy? I mean, I know I am. <laughs> I love this. I'm amazing. We did it, folks. We reached the pinnacle. I think. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's got blue hair. Oh, it's ruined. No, that's good. Oh, it's ruined. Sometimes you go SS4, Uh, dude. Oh, I hate that version. You gotta admit, sometimes you go SS4. We've all been there. I don't. I don't admit that. I'm sick of of seeing all these Gokus on college campuses with their blue hair. (laughs) Um, And... Listen, he got blue hair in like Dragon Ball GT or like some movie that went straight to DVD. I think it was GT is where SS4 happens. Yeah, I, I don't. I only respect hair changes that happen in Dragon Ball Z. Okay, 
of which there's like the appropriate, I think it's like blonde. And then it's just like, I think like just pure white, I think at some point. Yeah, and also blonde, but more. Longer hair. Yeah, like the hair like goes, like curls down, hits the ground. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Um. Dude, I, res- I respect Fortnite so much. I, so I was so wrong. Here's here's the thing. Is, this is amazing. Uh, yes. First of all, well, you just said yes, but whoa, they built all the capsule places. Yeah. Well, it's the thing, right? Is that like with so many of the Fortnite crossover things, it has just felt like snoozers. Who cares? And then today, as I've seen all the drops of Goku stuff, I've just been like, oh, my God, if I were a kid and this happened, I would go. I would like if I were a kid and this came out and Goku could like dance the dance I see in like hip hop music videos while I'm like listening to music and playing Fortnite and I could be Goku doing all that, I would fucking lose my mind. I would be the happiest boy in yeah. the world. Um, And it feels a lot more of a natural combination than, go- than Star Wars or John Wick or Thanos. Like, this really does Watch feel... It natural i know you love thanos so uh, what do you think about my uh better call saul island in fortnite where you get to meet um, the characters i think that, that reminds a lot of the i think that runs a lot of the weezer island that they did in fortnite where it's, it was sort of, the, it's gonna be the same assets they're not yeah, yeah you, and probably not gonna it's gonna lot. be enjoyed it's gonna be enjoyed by the same very small slice of the fortnite player base um that's because that's the thing, right? That's yeah. that's part of why Dragon Ball Z works so well is that like Dragon Ball is like one of these few works of art that is like basically ageless. Like mm-hmm. it's for kids, but it's always going to appeal to everyone. It's super fun. Kids love it. Even now, like it rules. And it's not like it's it's different than Star Wars or Marvel because it's not like these kids are falling in love with the rebooted version of the thing that their parents liked or whatever. But rather mm-hmm. that they are falling in love with the original DBZ and is still just out there as it was. And so this doesn't How feel are like they some, finding like, it. Did they like re-release DBZ or something? There was Dragon Ball Kai. There was some DBZ releases on the streaming services. Oh, yeah. OK. I'm always curious how the kids find it again. But it's a big one. I mean, kids, yeah. are, kids are always going to find anime. That's if there's one thing. I've been alive for 31 years. And if there's one thing that's true, it's that kids are always going to find anime. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Sorry, haters. Uh, this looks really good. I, 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 yeah, I just like, I don't know. It seems like it's good that they kind of, Fortnite kind of like threw away any kind of like air of self-respect early on so they could do whatever. Like, I, I just, it's just more fun. Like, I look at, like, what's happening over in your Apex Legends, your Warzone, all this stuff, and it's just, like, it's so stale and boring, and I don't know. It's, like, I, and I guess not everything should be crazy, cartoony, and IP, but it's just, like, fuck everything else right now, man. This is awesome. Yeah, no, I mean... Fortnite is like whimsical and joyous in a way that I feel like none of those other games are like those games are very consciously like filling a niche of like people need to shoot stuff in X, Y, Z different ways. But Fortnite really is just like, what if Ariana Grande had a concert? What if Joe Biden was here for some reason? How about Goku? Like, whatever. Here we go. And I kind of like I respect that. and I like it quite a lot. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like uh, the the MLK museum thing. Incredible. You know, yeah. So much stuff. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be fun. I'm going to be checking that out later today. <clears throat> oh, it's, it is funny, though, to see like there's like people online. They're like these like because you can like do a, like a Kamehameha blast now and kill people with it. With this character, I guess. Uh, and people are like it's breaking the game. And it's like. Motherfucker, you have like Darth Vader in the game. Like the also, game Ben broke. Also, motherfucker, it's Goku. Of course he breaks the game. Like, yeah, these are fucking Saiyans, dude. Like, come on. That's their whole thing. Yeah. Yes. Respect uh, the fiction, cowards. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that's why when you play as uh, Better Call Saul, you, you, you kind of you can't run. You're kind of in like more of a walk mode. Um, and you know, you're an older guy, but you can, uh, you can trip and fall down and take other players to small claims court. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can pull people out of the game and into some sort of other lobby. Yeah. Into uh, a Phoenix Wright sort of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what else is happening in the world of games? Okay. What's going on? Where are we looking at here? The dark underbelly. What's happening with other gamers? Um, um, do we want to talk any more gaming news or want to take our ad break a little early because you and I both have a lot of gaming games we've been playing this week to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, all right. We'll be right back after this commercial break. All right. Let's get back to the show. Griffin, we took an early ad break because you and I have been playing a shitload of fucking games this week. Yeah, let's um, knock the big one out of the way. Should we start start at the top? Start with the tip top of the mountain top. Let's start at the tip top of the top. Um, of course, folks, a game came out uh, this week, last week, called Cult of the Lamb. Um, yeah, hell yeah. And we both played it. It. Uh, became the number one seller on Steam and it kicked out the dastardly evil Spider-Man remastered on PC from the number one slot in an act of gamer justice but yeah. how good is the game actually and more on that <laughs> now um, my answer to that question is very good. I like it. Okay. A lot. Yes. Um, I like a lot of parts of it. Okay. I wonder if you're, I have one major issue. Okay. I wonder right, we'll, if yours is the same as mine or if, one, okay. if mine is uh, one of yours. Okay. Um. Let's see. Let's say let's, let's count down for three and same at the same time. Okay. What? One, One, two, two three. three. Your powers no don't sex. scale as as fast as your cult. Okay, mine was that you can't have sex with your cult members. You, well, I haven't. You can brainwash them. That's like what? Yeah, that's normal. Yeah, I you guess have, those, you have to do that. You have to do that in like bands. Yeah, that's true. I was just thinking of uh, of potential uh, porno tags on a hentai website. Um, sure. What was yours? You, but my problem is that you. You scale up power pretty slowly um, as you're leveling your cult. And so unless like 
I'm not that I'm not that good at the roguelikey parts of it. So my cult has gotten really strong and self-sufficient, but I'm not getting that that much stronger from like run to run. Yes. Uh, um, there's that and so yeah. the balance between like how much time I spend on my cult versus how much time I spend on the runs is like gets thrown off that way. Okay, cool. Well, guys, that was those were, that was a preview on the issues. Well, let's take a step back. Let's talk about what the, even the heck this game is for people who don't know. Um, this is an indie game that is on, I think, most systems, mm-hmm. Switch, PlayStation, everything, PC. Um, and it is a mixture of a sort of roguelike random dungeon generator dungeon crawler and a base builder game where you spend half your time at your base building up a cult gathering uh, gaining more followers and gaining new ways to like get stronger build more buildings that do more types of things um then you go back out into the world fight some stuff try to kill some bosses come back with loot uh, and a lot of those elements really, really work. But I think the main thing that drew people to this game was the art style. Uh, the art style, I don't even really know how to describe it, but it's a mixture it's like, of insanely cute and sinister. Um, yeah, it's like these pa- it's like this paper art style, like paper cutout style mm-hmm. stuff with like these really cute designs, but like little sinister notes attached to them. And then this capacity, like full horror imagery, like H.R. Giger shit when Mm -hmm. like a big monster or something is around right uh yeah so i feel like that's what really uh sucked people into the game it's certainly like what like kept me playing for for a lot of it um but uh yeah like i love the art style and i love just the way that your your little cult members look you can um design them when they come into your cults with different cute little animal heads you can unlock more unique ones from challenges and random hidden vendors um there's a lot of customization with them um and there's even insane amounts of twitch integration so like when i streamed the game my twitch chat was able to become members of my cult in the game and their names would appear over my cult members heads oh that's fun yeah um but i'll say that the reason i'm talking specifically about the cult members first is because I love the art style and I love the cult members and I love feeling attached to the cult members, but it's also my biggest problem with the game is that I want to be more attached to these creatures that live in my land, but they're all going to die and they're all actually meaningless because the mechanics of the game like ensure that they're going to be meaningless. Like there's There's no way to get attached in an Animal Crossing way um, to any character because that character is going to last for a week and a half, grow old and die. Yeah, there is a weird send them on a mission and die. There's a weird balance there where like the amount of time that you spend in the in the cult relative to out in the world map and how quickly their lifetime passes over those times is like balanced in such a weird way where like you can start to bond to a few of them at a time. But once you have a lot and you're going out pretty regularly to do other stuff, you're just going to be churning through cult members and they just don't really matter as much anymore. I mean, you'll I, at least if you're me, you always have a few that you're very attached to, but those are just like the ones that you've managed to like level up to the highest level who give you the most stuff. But like there's, you don't have a reason to really be attached to all of them. 
um, at I any mean, given you, time. You shouldn't be attached to any of them because they're all going to die pretty quickly. Um, and, and it's a, it's so frustrating because it really the the pace of of the game feels like it's fatal flaw because you know this game isn't really meant to be enjoyed for longer than like 15 hours based on the pace there's like four dungeon worlds each has a main boss um and you have to kill each one and then your the base building is pretty minute um there's not an insane amount you can do um and the pace of it then because of that is very quick and it wants to kind of push you through things really fast, uh, which also doesn't really lend itself to designing your town because designing your town, it never like really looks that good when you're designing it. It doesn't have that same feeling of improvement and doesn't feel as like meaningful um, in this game as opposed to other games like your your Stardew Valleys, your Animal Crossings, your base building games and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, um, there's I'm pl- so we talked this a little bit on, on chat, just sort of hanging out. But the first time I played this game, I fucked up my resource management and I was stuck, unable to leave my village for like a lot of time. So I'm on a second playthrough now. Cause I was just like, fuck this. Um, and I have noticed that like, there is some value in like where you put certain things, like how you manage your space. Um, and I've learned a lot of good lessons about like where not to put my outhouse, which is to say like the sleeping area. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. stuff, and stuff like that. Um, sure. There's obvious there's obvious proximity things, but none of it feels very meaningful in terms of placement because the all of the maps are just these kind of blank kind of squares. There's no terrain uh, differences. There's no heights or valleys. So none of it really none of it really matters where you place it. Yeah. Not so in that, a real sense. That doesn't bother me. So, that, that does bother me, but not so much because. A lot of it is, and this is both one of my favorite and also most frustrating parts of this game, is that it's all about these, like, various cycles and systems that intersect with each other in various ways. Like, the happier your cult is, the more often they're worshipping, which gives you more worship points, which you build more things, and those things that you build can help you generate loyalty, and loyalty gives you things that you can use to get more faith and also more skills and, like, level up your cult in these different ways and da-da-da-da. Um... And they all intersect. And so the base building is meant to be just a part of that, but they don't quite intersect as seamlessly as you'd want them to. So the base building just being a component part of this like collection of systems isn't quite as satisfying as it could be because the intersection between all these systems isn't quite as fine tuned as it would need to be for a sort of like vanilla base building thing to feel as like contingent a part of that as you'd want it to, um, to make up for the fact that there's not like a lot of challenges to the base building. Yeah, I just like there's so many base builders where you unlock like a new like abilities like building bridges or, you know, it's just doing stuff like that feels more meaningful than kind of just slapping new buildings down on kind of a a canvas. Um, So there's like all these things where. The, it's like pushing the game wants me to move fast, keep going. And like, it is kind of like easy to get sucked into it and lose like two or three hours. But then I'm like, man, like I really like this art style. I like the like, sort of vibes and like textures. And I wish I could like, just like sit and exist in it more, spend time with these characters, have these characters with people that I like got to invest in care about more rather than just meaningless figures. Cause like, you know, I'm, I'm on the fourth boss now and I collect about three followers every like 
10 to 15 minutes. I don't name them. I quickly cycle through and add them to the cult and send them off. I don't have attachment to any of my cult members now. They're just like meaningless ants. And like they remind me of that Fallout game uh, that was like a management game where you like manage a vault and like how meaningless it was and like how you had to just like turn them into like breeding factories and stuff. And I don't know. It just seems like a super missed opportunity. Maybe. That's partially the point, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe part of it is like uh, that famous scene on the Ferris wheel in the third man when they're at the top of the Ferris wheel and the guy is talking about how from up here, everyone looks like little ants. And it's so easy to imagine killing a bunch of people when you're this far removed from them and this high above them. And maybe uh-huh. the arc of the game is all about your cult growing and growing and you becoming increasingly detached and evilified by that distance because as the numbers get bigger, your relation to the numbers becomes less and less humanized. Yes. I certainly think that is like an interesting message. Just not like not one that sticks the landing for me um, because we're not losing relationships. Really? I don't know. It's like, if there had been like form, like if there'd been like core characters that had been yeah. established through the game and then we like lost them over time, not just due to an old age, it would feel more meaningful for that to be it. I, I do see where you're coming from, but I just get frustrated with it. Um, and I just like, I don't know, maybe I'm just like excited for their next game. And like, I just don't like the pace of this one. Um, but let's talk about the dungeons for a second. So I, there's so many cool things that are like kind of coexisting, working, complementing each other. Um, but it seems like the only things you can kind of improve about your dungeon runs are like kind of improving the amount of random types of weapons that you can like RNG randomize, maybe pick up in a dungeon. Yeah, and you can improve like what tarot cards you have access to, yeah. and what yeah, curses you can, you can improve modifiers like access yeah. to modifiers, and you can improve your yeah. base damage and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it does feel like you're not. It's not like Hades, where in Hades you would be unlocking whole play styles uh-huh. and whole strategies and investing in strategies yeah. and stuff. You're just Is that sort your of phone? like. No, it's the it's fucking work messages. I'm trying to figure out how to make them stop. That's <laughs> it's so many. I know it's crazy. Uh, Jackson's <laughs> going buck. Shouts out to Jackson Mayer at Skip no, Intro he's, YT. He's doing his job. It's crazy for you not to silence them. I don't. The new computer makes it so much harder than it used to be. Uh, but like, yeah, there's like. There's some snappy animations. It's like at first it's very fun and and cool to play through some of the dungeons. And then you start to realize that they're incredibly bare bones. They're like nowhere near Hades in terms of design. They are just all squares. They're the same squares and they're basically just boxes with enemies in them. There's like not really that much going on. They don't change that formula. Um, And it starts to become very static and makes the dungeon parts start to feel more and more like a chore um, when you want to just like go back and like build a cool base. But now I have to go play the same level over and over again. Um, And that lack of variety starts to feel very stale, too. And it starts to realize like, oh, yeah, this is why they pace the game so fast, because there just isn't 
a lot there. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably my real biggest issue. I do like, it, and that's part and parcel of the one that I was talking about before. Like, I wish that they let you get stronger faster as an individual. Like, they make you get stronger as a cult a lot faster than you get stronger as an individual. And I wish those things were a little bit more paired. And I wish that you could, or at least you get stronger as an individual faster. So it felt like you keep earning, expanding the cult out rather than the cult booing you up. Yeah, but if you got stronger faster, then there you'd run out of content because there's not a lot of dungeon well, content. Right, and that's the thing know? is the dungeons would have to get harder. Right. Um, and that is part of the problem is that the dungeons, they're 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 hard for me because I'm not that good at these kind of things. But they aren't like hard mm-hmm. in the sense that they're like extremely like difficult and challenging to overcome. But rather, they're hard in the sense that like there's just not a lot of margin for error in terms of like, you don't always get health or whatever that you need to get. And it's really easy to like take three or four wrong hits and then just Mm. be like boned for the boss or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's not like an intriguing type of difficulty because it just means that like, don't get hit or whatever is the rules. And it's not like there's puzzles you're solving or like best approach because like, like in Hades, like you can't in Hades, you can like use these different techniques. You can switch weapons or like switch, you know, builds rather, or do you like have you have a lot of modularity you can change. Whereas you don't have that kind of control in, in Cult of the Lamb, which means that you are often kind of like just stuck hoping the thing you have is right for the random rooms that you go into. Yeah. Uh and there's some runs that feel especially boned when you have a shit weapon that you don't like. Cause some of the some of the slower weapons are just way harder to use. So I, I like yeah. the axe, but God, I fucking hate the claws. Oh, the claws are the worst. Uh, the claws are just like, oh, this run is over. Um, yeah, so I don't know. This is a game where the first hour I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be on a lot of game of the year lists. I still think that now, but I think that people aren't being critical enough <laughs> like i don't know i just i I'm, it, I'm, I'm a little frustrated with the game and i like don't even really want to I, I don't need to beat it i don't know it feels like this I, i'm still really enjoying it but it does feel like the style and premise and are carrying it a lot in the discourse in this way where like this could be a game of the year if the base building was 15 percent more complicated and the dungeons were 15 percent better this could be like one of those like holy moly this is like an all-time indie game kind of thing in the way that hades was um, but everything is just pretty much straight up in a really kind of like fairly obvious way. Um, and so it doesn't feel quite as like exciting and new and fresh. Um, that's the real, that's the the real problem is like, that's kind of what you need from these games. Uh huh. But yeah, I mean, that's, that is, that is it though, right? Like these indies that are like there, it's very, very rare. They're going to find a totally new game in terms of like mechanics and you're finding like different blends of stuff or higher levels of execution. And this is a blend that made a lot of sense and the execution is pretty good, but it's not good enough to be like, holy moly, this is like, you've really cracked the code on something here. It's more of like, wow, this is a really cool idea that's done pretty well, but like it has pretty obvious flaws to it. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. Uh, So cult of the lamb. I guess we're giving you a solid F. <laughs> yep. F for fun. Okay. Uh, and that was Cult of the Lamb. Fuck yeah. Uh, so what's next? 
Um, you want to talk about the big game you've been playing that I haven't been playing? Then I'll talk about my little updates. Yeah, let's go. Gotcha. China Tower Fantasy, folks. You're all going to be very upset when I leave all you Americans behind and I travel east to a land of gaming, um, a land of fantasy. I've been playing Tower of Fantasy, the Genshin Impact Killer. Um, it's an anime game. It's an MMO. Yeah, so, so all I know about this game is that it's like an anime MMO with some gotcha stuff. And uh, more significantly, that it has like extremely high level boob slider situation. It's very high level. Almost they almost go they go almost too far around the world with it. They come back to something that isn't good you know um but there's a lot of magic here i gotta say uh and there's a lot here it's a free game i guess that eventually there'll be elements that make me want to like pay money i haven't encountered those yet uh it's unlike genshin impact which is genshin impact is a single player game where it's all about acquiring new characters uh Tower Fantasy is an online MMO with a campaign, but you're also just getting new weapon types. You're not getting like you can acquire new character skins, but like you have a base character that's yours, which I, I prefer. Because um, I, I can't get attached to like 50 characters that I'm like rotating in and out like in Genshin Impact. Um. So yeah, and that makes uh, sense. I haven't I haven't yeah. played a ton of Genshin, but does this play pretty similarly to that? Yeah, it plays pretty similarly. It's basically like I would just a lot of people describe it as like a Breath of the Wild clone. Okay. Um, and it's it it's just it looks incredible. Uh, I think what really stands out for me with this one is uh, the the environments and the, and the city and town designs are really unique and creative and like uh, just like full of life. So it's it is like it doesn't feel cheap. It's like, oh, it's fun to like walk around and explore. Um, and the story is pretty basic anime, but not terrible. So it's decent. Uh, I'm just like really surprised at just how much content there is, how fun it is. And like, this is a game where the art style is amazing and there's actually a lot of gameplay too. So I've been having a lot more fun with this than Cult of the Lamb. So what's what's so fun about this to differentiate it from Genshin? Um, well, like the big thing I think was the characters um, and the difference between like upgrading a character that's personal and designed by you versus acquiring like, you know, in like a Super Smash Bros way. Sure. Um, I think that there's like a more focused like story and quest kind of structure to it. Um, and then, boom, the big one, it's online. So you're like seeing other people run around the game. You're seeing other people's anime designs, which are always super fun. Um, I don't know what that means end game wise, but it, it seems like they have a lot to lot going on here. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm just always like, so surprised at like how much fun you can have for free in the future. Like, and now, I mean, um, cause like we this game is just like so high quality. Uh, the and worlds this is a, are this is a PC only so far. Oh, that's actually a really good question. Let's see. 
I believe that's true. Um, it's also for the phone. Okay. So you can play it on your iPhone. Which I don't have, but good to know. Do you have an Android? You know it. It's for Android too. So you can start there. Um, All right, if I decide that's what I want to do, maybe I'll... Maybe if I'll I decide that's what I want to do, the, that's probably the least committed thing I've ever... Uh, if there's wanna, one skill set that I have, it's saying non-committal things. <laughs> um, let's see. I want to say actually, I want to show you some actual gameplay. Let's see. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just really fun. The world's great. Your character designs are fun. Uh, there's so many cool things you can do. Like you can like. You jump on a hoverboard and slide around the rivers and hop in a motorcycle. motorcycle. There's like all sorts of fun platforming challenges in it. Yeah, you get to jump um, on some pipes, I see. Some, yeah, that's just like uh, a random gird, activity. Girders. Um, and but like you can do that with other people. That's what's so much better, I think, than Genshin. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like I just. Uh, I guess I just need some uh, co-hosts and friends that are actually committed to anime. Well, I mean, I just need I, you know, I could probably try to install this in the Hackintosh and see what happens. Well, didn't you like that one game that was super anime? I feel like this looks like very similar. Super anime um, like uh, Scarlet Nexus. Isn't there the one you're thinking of? There was one recently that was like a, it had a guy with a sword. And, um, anyways, I think you're thinking uh, of Scarlet well, Nexus. I was it was like Tales of something. It's not, oh right, it yeah, Tales. Tales of Arise. That was also a big oh, anime one. Yeah, made. Tales of Arise. That's the one. Yeah, um, yeah I feel like it looks shit. like that. Uh, but yeah, the the gameplay is fun. The battle the battling is fun so far. Um, it's fun because each different weapon is a total kind of like different play style. But you have th- you kind of your combat is like you switching between three weapon slots. Um, so you could have like a bow and arrow in one, a spear in one, and a big hammer in one. And it's kind of about switching between the cooldowns of all of them. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's great. Uh, there is a boob slider, but I think here's the important thing is like, you know, the boob slider, it exists. There's two boob slider levels, um, which I think is very good. Um, the first one is, is, you know, is, is, uh, size going outwards. But then the second one is about like, if they're pushed together or pushed out, um so you can really you know create whatever you want unfortunately i didn't check but i don't think there's a groin slider in the game um and i think that xi jinping has a lot to answer for because you know all these games are made by by the government in china of course or or at least rubber stamped you know um yeah i mean they got to get that they got to get that winnie the pooh that winnie the pooh stamp approval so i think that sometimes though i'll say sometimes you can make uh sometimes i i feel like the the breasts physics in the games uh make the bodies look alien like they don't it's it's too it's too crazy. It's not how human bodies exist in a physical space. And well, I mean, that's um, anime, baby. Yeah, but 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 you have to grapple with those physics on a on a deeper level if you're playing an MMO, um, because those physics are going to be like ninety five percent of what you're looking at. <laughs> and if that's what you want, 
then this is the game for you folks. Tower of Fantasy, add me online. Let's do some anime shit. Um, it's good. Hell Thumbs yeah. up. Well, I've um, speaking of anime, I've played some more Digimon Survive. Okay. And I will say the fights get at least a little more interesting as it goes. That's good. So that's good. But more significantly, this is spoiler stuff. Characters just start dying, which is a real tonal shift. Like uh, if you fuck up or like in the story, no matter what. In the story, no matter what. Uh, so far, the professor has fallen off a cliff and Ryu got <laughs> sucked into a weird vortex. OK, well, he'll be back. Um, maybe. But a lot of the next scene is a bunch of people being like, we saw a boy die today <laughs> and we are all fucked up. Well, I guess that's where the survive part comes in. For um, sure. But it's just been a real turn in the tone because up until that point, as I kind of talked about last week, it has just sort of been like we're traipsing through the woods and we're meeting our little Digimon friends and some annoying Digimon show up and they're like, oh, we're going to get you. And then you like beat them and they go away. And that's like the game. And now all of a sudden, like Rio died. Uh, the professor is gone. <laughs> um, things are uh, are really taking a turn into weird yeah maybe it'll just be uh one survivor and then uh maybe no survivors and digimon have to live without humans oh what's well, the, so far every what's time the conflict died, um they're stuck in this world they don't know how to get out and it turns out there is some cabal of bad digimon who are trying to get them for sacrifice reasons whoa yeah, I'll keep playing and keep updating you as it goes. It is. It has been pretty fun. Um, the only other stuff that's been going on is I've my that game Iron Oath, the really good tactics game that I've been playing, that is in beta mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. um, has introduced some new classes and some new mechanics, and I gotta say, when that game comes out, I think uh, for people who like this sort of like mercenary management tactics RPG genre. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a this is going to be a must a must snag when this bad boy is all the way out because this game is every everything they drop in the beta is so tight they just added the ice binder character who's really fun it's also really what's good this, wait what's it called the uh, iron oath um, iron oath. it's it's really cool especially because like you don't just have like warrior archer wizard type guys I mean you do. But they're all like a little bit more interesting. Like you've got your like Stormbinder, your Icebinder, your Pyromancer or like Pyro Fighter Knight guy. You're like your Valkyrie, your Guardian. Like these are all like slightly more nuanced and specific classes. Mm -hmm. And I think that like really adds a little bit of sauce to the dynamic. Yeah, that seems cool. Uh, and this is just it's an early access right now. Yeah, it's in so beta. If you, it's, it's an early an access beta. beta. It's in early access if you wanted to play it, and you can also join the beta to get the updates earlier. We'll see if these little pixel guys can can capture my attention. I like this whole shot here. Yeah, it's got cool pixel art for sure. Um, that's cool. Uh, well, I guess I'll keep my eye out for that. It does. It's been a dry couple of weeks. I haven't really like. I wanted Cult of the Lamb to be kind of the thing to to get me juiced, but because I was I had pros and cons with it, I, I still feel like I've been looking for my thing. Um, I did beat Raft. 
and it had a great ending for what it is, which is, uh, you know, a game developed by, I think, only a very small team. Um, but the final zone was super fun. It kind of built a lot of the puzzle mechanics that we'd learned and added a few new ones. And yeah, I was just constantly surprised at the campaign. Very fun. Um, and I'll probably start a new world at some point. That'd be fun to coordinate and like build with a, at least a couple people. Cause I think now the boat building is kind of all that's left for me. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad that this was a game that wrote you with mechanics and was able to kind of hold you there. Cause I know that this happens fairly often that a game with a neat mechanic will get you going for five, 10 hours and then kind of lose, lose the sauce. Yeah. They just did an incredible job at like, making the experience meaningful the whole time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, I definitely put like a hard 40 hours into it and I feel like I could have spent another 15 on like more boat designing. Uh, but I just, yeah, uh, I just like the story. So I went faster through it. Highly recommend it. Um, and then there was some big news today that I'm very excited about, which is that overwatch is finally allowing me to bring my account for my PS4 to my PC. Uh, it's been insane that they haven't done this, but essentially like the years I spent playing Overwatch on my PS4 and all of the collectibles and skins, I can't access any of those on my PS5, on my, uh, I'm sorry, on my PC. Um, and it's been like insane. Uh, so I'm finally gonna get all my skins. Wow. Yeah, yep, that's right. That's right. Big, you are big, big moment for the G man. It is. And it's it's reminding me that, you know, we're we're coming over. To, we're about less, you know, a month and a half away from Overwatch 2. And uh, I'm just I'm just really excited to see how they fuck it up. Yeah, I'm excited. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, what what else uh, we got? What we got here? Let's see. Fifty seven thirty. Let's go. Um, um, I played. I've started playing. Finally, and I've been playing this game for a long time. I've started playing Phoenix Point, the 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 game from the makers of the original XComs. Um, and it is really fun. It's basically X. It's very XCOM two. Damn. Well, if it's XCOM, it's new. Uh, it's been they came out in 2019, but they've been adding stuff to it since then. Oh, cool! How much is it expensive? Looks cool. It's 25 bucks. Eh. So it's just it's just XCOM 2 with different vibe. Yeah, and like a couple different mechanical changes, but nothing too huge. Nice. And this is from like the original creators, I believe so. And it's very fun. Is there an XCOM 3 that's just now made by like interns or something? I think XCOM 3. Has been discussed, but it's not going to come out until they finish Midnight Suns. Damn. For Marvel. And and now the Harry Potter game got postponed to as well. Uh, did we talk about the Harry Potter game? Which, the big one? The big one. Uh, we haven't for a while. What's up with that? It got postponed. Oh, no. I guess. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I was going to play it. Mm. I like the Harry Potter games. I like, uh, I like the ones that came out. Well, because you know what's crazy is... And if this is this is great. I, I fit all I fit all my toxic opinions in the last sixty seconds. Um, <laughs> uh, the the games have always been good. They actually started working on the Harry Potter first video game while the movie was being made, 
And I think it came out before the movie. So they just had to guess what was in the movie. Um, and those games were, I think, on PC, maybe like PS2. And then I think eventually GameCube. And well, I played I mean, quite a few of those and they were solid. I mean, the thing with, with the Harry Potter, as far as gaming goes, is like it's an obviously good premise for a game. Mm-hmm. Like it is an arguably good, a good setting. Uh, it's just that J.K. Rowling sucks, and also that like the world building as it is like developed over time has just become increasingly incoherent and insane and nonsense. That's true. I'd be funny if the game is really buggy and everyone's adding J.K. Rowling like broken game. <laughs> Fix that would it. be the best possible outcome, honestly. <laughs> Fix it. Okay, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Hard cut out. <laughs>